views expressed on this program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and are not necessarily those of this station, its management, or other advertisers. You're listening to Transformation Talk Radio. This show's audio was via a Skype call. Ready to stop stress, anxiety, and low self-esteem from running your life? Join award-winning author Dr. Friedemann Schaub from Empowerment Radio as he addresses some of the most prevailing challenges in our day-to-day lives. Find out how you can use the power of your mind to overcome self-sabotaging patterns and build a solid foundation of confidence and self-respect. Learn cutting-edge tools and approach every day with great ease, joy, and purpose. This is the time to empower yourself. Now, here's your host, Dr. Friedemann Schaub. Welcome to Empowerment Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Friedman, and as always on Empowerment Radio, we are addressing the most challenging, hard-hitting, real challenges in life that Sometimes we just scratch our heads and wonder how we can resolve them. And for that, I often invite experts, people that can help us to navigate through the maze of our mind, get tools, insights, and also just new approaches to feel more empowered, especially when it comes to creating the life that we want. How many times... Have you been waking up in the morning and wondering, "Ah, another day, another day in the rat race, in the hamster wheel, another day that you feel like you can't wait until it's over, until you may just sit in front of the TV and go into some virtual reality and not having to think about your problems and your struggles. And wouldn't it be nice if there would be some life reset button that you can just push and say, okay, everything is now different and everything is so much better. Now, I was looking for something like this as well. And so since I haven't found it, I have changed my life several times. I had three different careers. I lived in three different countries. I did a lot of things just to always improve that what I thought wasn't working. And in many ways, it did work to change your zip code or change your focus in your career and and also, you know, change relationships and things like this. But certain patterns, certain beliefs, and also, unfortunately, certain baggages that had been on my shoulders, they just kept on traveling with me. And so I found myself sometimes in the same predicaments, no matter where I was, until I had finally that awareness that I had to look in deeper and find out what is really going on. Because the saying, wherever you go, there you are, is just true. You can't escape yourself. And so this is why I'm so excited to have the expert on the life reset button today on the show. It is Dr. Fujan Zain, who is the author of Life Reset. And in this Life Reset book, she introduces a concept of awareness integration, which I find really helpful and very much in alignment with the work I'm doing. And so it's a pleasure to have Dr. Fujan 
on the show. She's a therapist. She's a psychotherapist. She's a coach. She's an international speaker. She's a researcher. And through and through, just very interesting to hear. So thank you very much for being on the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Hello to everybody who's listening. And it's a joy uh, to be with you. Um, as uh, probably people are seeing that I am uh, improvising and being in my car uh, because uh, it's one of those pieces, Friedman, that it's like, what do I do? And what is the most important thing? And the most important fact was to be with you and your audience. And it's like, okay, let's figure out how to do this in the best of capacity with all the circumstances that just show up. And here I am. I'm here with you and your audience. Well, I love that you are in your car and actually your car fits you very well and the beautiful <laughs> tree in the background. It couldn't be a better setting. And it's also a fitting setting for life reset. So sitting in an automobile that gets you from A to Z couldn't be any better. Now, you had an interesting life story yourself because originally you are from Iran and you came to the US, I think at the age of 12 or something like that, right? So tell us a little bit yes. about your story. Yes. Um, I came from Iran when I was 12. I went to a boarding school in Arizona and then um, I went to ASU at age 15 and kind of um, got my own apartment uh, and lived on my own since then and put myself through school. And it's been a very interesting journey of being very independent, very early. Why did you um, have to be independent so early? I mean, where were your parents? Um, they were they were in Iran, and I think that the revolution happened. I was supposed to come here to study and then go back, and then the re revolution in Iran happened, 1979, and um, I could not go back. And uh, they stayed there, and uh, so there, therefore, I just started working three places and going because I was an international student uh, and finishing my uh, my studies. And um, it just, it's interesting that at that age, you, the same way today, for example, I'm improvising, uh, that they wouldn't be able, you, can, you can't even sign a lease uh, at age 15, but <laughs> the dormitory at ASU is full. So it was like, okay, I have to get an apartment. So the enrollment and the truth of, you know, where you're stuck and how much people come to uh, give you care and love and raise you in a sense uh, when you are being out there and in need. And uh, it's interesting of the same way with all that you're here in the world of cruelty and hurt and, um, you know, having people kill each other or be upset with each other, how much when you also go toward the world with your heart and what your needs are, that the world is also so giving. Like a human being can be the extreme of both. From one end, they can be the extreme of love and care. And the other one could be, uh, you know, uh, violence and hatred and anger and rage. And it was interesting to see what I was enticing and what I was creating to give the, you know, to create love back. And many uh, aspects of what I couldn't create and things were happening around me or being done. Uh, when I was in my own country, uh, as a child, I was molested, hurt, uh, abused. And then yet when at age 12, I showed up in another country completely innocent and opening my heart, 
I was also cared for. So it's interesting that at some place, you know, you're powerless against what happens in the world. And then yet you're powerful to know how to create the world for yourself and just move forward. So from one end of um, a space where I could be a victim to a space that I could be responsible and powerful. And uh, this does not mean that at any point we cannot become victims again, but victims of circumstances are different than victims of our own story in our head and is how to shift that to create like the love, the life that we want. But have you as a 12 or a 15 year old felt that you wanted to rather have a different life? I mean, were you just going forward in kind of a survival mode or were you also at that time already hoping, how can I reset my life? Because that feels too much for, you know, a child in many ways. It was a lot of survival at that moment is Mm -hmm. how can I survive the world? How can I survive what's in front of me? How can I uh, live in a happy mode? And depression was not uh, a luxury that I had. Depression Mm -hmm. was something that would uh, put me in a space of completely um, uh, in, you know, not having the abilities to do anything. So the survival that was there as a 12 year old and then a 15 year old at, you know, at least at 12, I was still in a structure of a, of a boarding school, but at 15, I was on my own. I had to create my own money. I had to live and go to school and take care of everything where the survival part, it seems like it kicked in and emotions had to go away. And it was interesting that when I was actually about uh, 20, some and 30, like I remember at 15, I said, when I'm at 30, I have to be married, have my child, have a business and own my own home. And Friedman, interestingly enough, at age 28, I had all of it, except I didn't want to have a child then, but I wasn't happy. It seems like everything that came for me uh, where I had put the emotions aside, showed up and said, okay, mm-hmm. now you achieved everything you wanted. You certainly survived, but now what? You're not happy. And I had to go back within and that's where my, you know, going to therapy started, going to a lot of um, uh, awareness seminars and self-growth seminars started. And to look at how come, although I gained everything I said I would, I'm just not a happy person and this doesn't mean anything. So what does mean anything? And then that's how the inquiry started. And did you find the answer why it didn't mean anything? Um, It seems like when I was doing things to, for others, as if to fulfill the criteria of education for others or making other people happy and the criteria is that a lot of what the society had left for me that I had to do without me being part of it or being responsible at it right. wasn't necessarily meaning anything. So yes. uh, it was more of being able to create from uh, a source of the creation that I needed to create versus just survive the world the way the world says it should be. So as I stopped and I started creating and envisioning a future, the envisioning of the future allowed that creativity to be there. Then it allowed me to be responsible and own what I said I wanted to create. And uh, then own my result is in a way that um, I could create something, I could set up the actions, I could uh, own the results, whether it worked or not. Many failures in the middle 
even own the failures, get up and recreate and move forward. Mm. Um, so those were the pieces that create the meaning and the connections that I had with people and even in relation with people. You know, Friedman, we're all always in some sort of a relationship. Even with objects, we have relationships. So whatever our brain does, does it in a form of a relationship uh, with the world. And then we, uh, we have our own perception of who we are to the world. And then we also project a lot and have perception of how the world is toward us. And then, like you said, we take ourselves everywhere. So we also have created a storyline about our identity that we take everywhere. So I had to start looking at these three pieces of how was I responsible for creating a story about humanity and human being. Like I had it because of my own being abused as a child that I couldn't trust anyone. Mm -hmm. And then yet... What's funny was at age 12, I was here alone and all I had was to create a blind faith trust on people so that I could, that they could support me and I could support myself. So it was interesting that although based on some fact, I created a generalization, I can't trust anyone based on all other facts that's about all I could do, which is trust people in order to survive. So this kind of duality happens in all of our head as human beings, mm-hmm. that we have kind of uh, experiences that defy each other and which one of those we generalize and then operate from. Well, that's where the awareness comes in, which your book is about. And uh, it's interesting that once you were deciding I'm out of survival mode, because I have really achieved everything I want, I'm actually safe. You also realize life is not just about surviving. There is more to it. And so we will talk more after the break about awareness and what awareness means. And I wonder, do you feel that people are less aware now than 20 years ago? So we'll talk about all of those things after the break. Choose the new earth on the Cornelia Stephanie show. Tune in each week on Transformation Talk Radio as Cornelia takes listeners on an odyssey of higher consciousness to inspire, educate, and empower. Cornelia guides people on the path of self-healing, peace, and liberation. The Cornelia Stephanie Show is your catalyst for anchoring heaven on earth on a global scale. For more information, go to CorneliaStephanie.com. Wow. Hey, everyone. Welcome. Uh, Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. I'm telling you, I got to pinch myself some days because when each of us gets called to do something that we so not thought was in our wheelhouse to do for a purpose that's so much greater than us, we get to show up and shine. If you would like to show up and shine on the Dr. Pat Show as a co-host or sponsor, send us an email to inspire at thedrpatshow.com. Calling all moms, it's time to awaken your vibrant, intuitive, loving self in every area of your life. Join host Debbie Pokornik as she shares thoughts, stories, and tools to help you stand in your power. 
Listen to Vibrant Powerful Moms helping everyday women create extraordinary lives Mondays at 2.30 Pacific, 5.30 Eastern. For more information about Debbie, visit empoweringenergy.com. That's empowering with letters N-R-G dot com. Be you plus live your purpose equals joy. That's the motto of Unstuck Joy with Vicki Todd. Vicki believes you were born with gifts that are meant to make the world brighter. Each show will feature an art visioning journal prompt to help you create your way to soul clarity. If you're ready to get unstuck and create more joy, this show is for you. Tune in the first and third Tuesday at 3 p.m. Pacific on Transformation Talk Radio. For more information, visit VickiWorldArt.com. In this day and age, if you don't reinvent yourself, you may never find balance, peace, and the sustainable life that is your birthright. Angela Watson Robertson, known as the Reinvention Warrior and the host of Breakthrough Radio Show Masters of Reinvention, is here to help you reinvent every area of your life. Tune in and hear from the best in the personal transformation business and discover tips and tools for positive change. Live every month on Transformation Talk Radio. Gain powerful insight and practical tools to support you on your spiritual journey. Access your higher self and tune in every second and fourth Thursday at 12 p.m. Pacific to A Life Untethered with Andrew Martin and now co-host Jeremy Nudell. Walking the path of freedom. Andrew is a highly attuned intuitive oracle, energy worker, spiritual teacher, and international radio host. For more about Andrew and his services, visit andrewmartin.energy. Welcome back to Empowerment Radio. I am here with my special guest, Dr. Fujian Zane, the author of Life Reset. Check it out. It's available, I'm sure, everywhere, but also on Amazon and Barnes and Nobles and so on. Uh, just before I forget, how can people find out more about you? How can people just find you on a website or anywhere uh, on the media? Sure, fujan.com, F as in Frank, O-O-J-A-N, my first name, dot com. And from there, they can access my book. Um, I also have a podcast. They can access that uh, radio show and a lot of the media that I've done and blogs. And um, I just love to hear from people. My phone number and my email is also there. Perfect. And if you do have right now a question for Dr. Fujan or me, you can call 888-418-6890. That's 888-418-6890. Now, Fujan, we talked about awareness and I was asking about awareness, which obviously was something that you have chosen to have more of uh, in your yes. 20s. The 30s, you said, stop, I'm not just achieving and running after goals. I'm actually looking more. Does this make me happy? What do you think about people's level of awareness? Does it take so much courage? Are we too distracted? Are we more aware what we are supposed to be than what we really want to be? What's your sense of that right now? 
Well, we have a lot of self-help books out there. So I think that uh, it seems like we need it a lot. And uh, a lot of the articles and blogs are all about self-help. So it seems like the need in, in knowing ourselves is, is huge. And I mm-hmm. hope so that the awareness will be more. But another part of it, Friedman, is that our educational system and our parenting are not toward awareness of ourselves. They're usually toward how to uh, read outside, how to be with the outside of ourselves. And I think that at one point, then we go into this uh, kind of passive meditational mode where we can be aware of inside of us in more of a concept of really. Sorry, um, uh, in, in releasing ourselves in the way that uh, that way of being um, it doesn't translate into creation of tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I think that what I was looking at is the best way to see um, ourselves is within a relationship and within a reality out there, not separate them that there's an outside and there's an inside, because there is an inside that actively is working with the reality of the outside world or the awareness that sometimes I don't even know what the reality of the outside world is because I keep creating my own reality of the outside world and then dealing with what my perception of that reality is versus uh, being out there. So that's where I started looking at, especially working with clients for about 27 years, It's how are they thinking, feeling, behaving, and the impact. And I think that the distinction between these four concepts where the thinking and the feeling is happening internally, and they're definitely separate, but most of our educational system does not train us to separate them. Most people, when you ask, what are you thinking? They'll tell you they're feeling. When you ask, what are you feeling? They'll tell you they're thinking or behaving. Behaving is something that is um, from us to the world. And the impact of all of that is what in reality happens externally to us. And to be able to distinguish between them, I thought it would be important because if there's a problem or if the result is not what I want, I got to know which one to shift and which one to change where the problem lies. Is the problem the way I think of things? Is the problem my emotional state that I haven't been able to contain or release? Is it a source of a behavior that I've learned through generation and I keep doing the same thing without really knowing why I'm doing it? Um, and, you know, and, and then how does those type of thinking, feeling and behaving impact the external part? Because I need to live in a community, you know. My phone calls keep coming and I apologize for that for the interruption. No problem. (laughs) (laughs) So that's where I think that um, the most important fact is supposed to um, help us. So it's that awareness. And then Friedman is that we live in a projective world. We are constantly... I have a quick question about these four levels because I think that's a really important aspect of your work the awareness integration to have the thinking feeling behaving and the impact but you could argue isn't everything just interlaced with each other can we really distinguish so clearly one after the other or is it the thought that creates the emotion the emotion creates the action the action creates and the impact how do you see that i mean is it really just 
one that you want to address or do you have to address them all? And address, yeah, address them all, except, for example, for uh, imagine that how our physical body works, right? There are many organs, tissues, muscles, and they all work together. However, if something's not working, we got to figure out which organ is not working um, in order to... Uh, do some healing for that organ, but definitely if one organ doesn't work, it creates a whole illness in the whole system. So right. if you look at the same thing with our cognitive process, our cognitive process works consistently together. And you're absolutely right. Now, cognitive behaviorists um, and cognitive theorists say that if you change the thought, obviously the emotion and behavior changes. Emotional therapists and theorists say, if you look at the emotion, contain it, release it, shift it, generate it, that you're going to change the thoughts and the behaviors. And the behaviorists say, oh, don't worry about it. Just change the behavior. The other two will follow. And the body-oriented therapists say that everything is in your body. And if you just pay attention enough to your body, that your body will give you not only the healing, but give you the answers. So I say, you're all right. Now, can we look at all of them all at the same time? And therefore, that's how, uh, you know, this, this concept started because I studied uh, all of these theories. I worked with them in my in my office, I did a lot of trauma work through body and I mm -hmm. saw that they all have a point. And if they were all looking at the elephant from one side or the other, why can't I just look at the whole elephant at the same time? And not only from my body, but also look at this beautiful concept that we have as humanity, which is very projective. Like I can look at you and assume you're thinking, you're feeling about me, observe your behavior, create a whole beautiful story out of all the behavior that you're doing. And that's unique, right? Like I come up with all the stuff in my head and then I react to it. Like if I thought you liked me, I would behave a whole different way versus thinking you can't stand me, right? <laughs> From that projection, whether you had any idea or not, I would have made up a lot of stories and then had my own thoughts about it, emotions about it, acted you know, upon it in a particular way um, where I would create a different result, just not even based on reality, but based on my way of thinking. And mm -hmm. then cre created reality, which wouldn't even be based on reality. Well, it's also the story of people that always were told and then took on the belief that they're not good enough. And they are often overachievers. And no matter how much success they have, there is one thing that goes wrong, spilling milk in the morning or just forgetting maybe some kind of an appointment. And again, it's just confirmed. A hundred successes are deleted. One failure is that what you focus on? So beliefs are powerful, emotions are powerful, but is it true that when you, we're gonna go to your thoughts after the break, uh, your questions, I mean, these, uh, these questions that you came up with with the awareness integration process, but do you feel that people need to learn also how to think differently and how to behave differently? Because sometimes we are, let's say, for example, resolving the trauma or we are changing that thought, but then we don't really know necessarily how to act upon it. You know, like you, for example, talked about the necessity of having to trust. Now, if you have that belief, I'm not safe, I cannot trust, now you change it 
But that doesn't mean that you necessarily know how to act in the world. You have to still learn maybe how to converse or how to open up. And so there's definitely, and that's what I love about your work. There's definitely work included in this awareness process. So would you agree that awareness alone is just the first step and that then there is an ongoing learning and trying and trial and error of figuring out how to create this 2.0 version of yourself in your life? Yes. Uh, awareness in the first is the first step. The integration part is the second step. And then creation and generation, generativity of whatever it is that you really want, the goals and the vision is the third step. And that's exactly how the book goes through. It allows you to become with 12 questions. It allows you to be aware with a process. It allows you to integrate if there's any unfinished business from the past. Um, and then is re-envisioning Uh, what it is that you really intend uh, to create in relationships, in goals, whatever it is, and then looking at what type of thoughts, what type of emotions, what type of behaviors is necessary to create the creation that you actually intended to do. Um, many of the strategic therapies or coaching or self-awareness um, seminars, we started with, don't worry about anything, just um, intend, visualize, Uh, create the action, go figure out what it is, behave and go. Well, people started sabotaging themselves right on the edge of getting what they wanted or they wanted to go forward. They had all the behaviors and skills set, but they just wouldn't do it. So right. then the conversation was, well, you know what to do. You know the skills. You have the... Um, Uh, motivation to do it, what stops you? And then that's where we saw that the thoughts and emotions and some of the belief system that carried from childhood or generation after generation or the dualities that was part of the person, which they weren't really aware of, kept coming and sabotaging them. Right. People intended to have amazing relationships. They would choose mates and then go, you know, go into it. And after two years, they were separating and being miserable. And although they had the best intention and visions and they would go to therapies or self-help books and learn all the skills, they just wouldn't do it. So what was stopping them? And that was the biggest question. Or mm. the conversation of how come even when they come to therapy and we go and look at every type of Of trauma that they had as a child and we clean them, we clear, um, clear them, they constantly cry and have catharsis but the belief system doesn't change. It just seems like the best we could do is the person would learn new skills but automatically they will find themselves in a position that would get triggered really bad emotionally and all the new skills they had learned was out the door old behaviors were in and continuing to take them on. And so it was a great question. Like after 27 years of working with these people, what's the problem? How come, how come no matter what we do, um, the negative core belief of such as like what you said, I'm bad, I'm not good enough, which one day we installed it in ourselves Like out of everything that our parents did, we just picked and chose the ones we, you know, we, we turned it inward and said that it's not dismantling. And that also led itself to the integration part uh, of the, of the exercise of how we have to go through our body and the belief system and the emotion 
to the original memory that we set it up. We created those type of meaning in order to shift those and then kind of reintegrate that part of us. Like, remember, I'm an adult which survived it. And I think that our inner child movement kind of, although we did it for a purpose, but somehow kept people creating their inner children and kind of now having a nursery inside of themselves as if they're giving themselves the right to have the nursery versus, no, I go in front of the uh, mirror every morning and say, I'm 56 years old and I'm going to act like it from all parts of me. I don't need to have a two-year-old inside of me anymore. I don't need to have a five-year-old inside of me. I can take (laughs) care of them and let them be a part of me as a 56-year-old. I don't know if that makes any sense to you. Uh, it makes total sense, but I'm not totally agreeing with that. But uh, we'll <laughs> talk more about this after the break. Okay, good. Are you looking for the perfect setting for your next workshop or retreat? At Spirit Fire Meditative Retreat Center, cultivating consciousness is what we do best. Our guests count on us to create an atmosphere that supports serenity and well-being. We lead from the heart and create space for the mind. Freshly prepared meals designed with local and organic ingredients, 95 acres of beautiful woods and pastures, and a facility built with green in mind. This is what you'll find at Spirit Fire. For more information, visit spiritfireretreatcenter.com. On the cutting edge of the new mainstream, Christine Upchurch is passionate about bringing together science, psychology, and spirituality in a way that can be applied to our everyday lives for true transformation. The Christine Upchurch Show, stellar conversations to illuminate your journey, engages some of the most outstanding visionaries on the planet in lively dialogue to inspire you to become that bright light you're meant to be. Join Christine every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time on KKNW, AM 1150, and Transformation Talk Radio. Tune in to Lucid Planet Radio with Dr. Kelly Neff. This hit show will illuminate your senses and empower you beyond your daily stressors and hardships. Renowned psychologist and author Dr. Kelly will captivate you with far-reaching topics and amazing guests as you wake to the greatest version of yourself. Learn to tap into your intuitions, think critically about our world, heal emotional and psychological wounds, and follow your passions to live your dreams. The Lucid Planet. Welcome home. Visit lucidplanetradio.com for more information. Tune in to The Jen Royster Show, intuitive guidance to inspire your life, each Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific and 11 a.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com. This amazing show is an inspirational hour that will take you on an epic metaphysical journey to discover the spiritual approach to life's greatest challenges. Dr. Jen is an internationally known intuitive counselor, spiritual teacher, and energy healer. Call in for intuitive readings and visit JenRoyster.com for more information. Interested in deepening your spiritual practice? The School for Esoteric Studies offers online training to spiritual seekers from all paths of life and individual coaching. Our courses synthesize Eastern and Western spiritual traditions based on meditation, study, and service applied to everyday life. To learn more about our courses and services, please visit www.esotericstudies.net. Winning at the Game of Money 
Lynn Brown is now offering Full Spectrum Finance, a progressive 12-month program that will help you to navigate through the mechanics of financial expansion. Finally, a financial planner who looks at the full spectrum of money and abundance, engage you in the mental, physical, and energetic aspects of finance. This is Full Spectrum Finance. Are you ready to get into it? For more information, go to fullspectrumfinance.com. Welcome back to Empowerment Radio. And uh, before the break, we just talked about the inner child. We talked about awareness. And uh, I'm really curious about the questions because these questions are, as I went through your book, really thought-provoking. They are questions that I believe we can all use as you know ways to maybe also as a GPS system, reorient yourself, get a sense of, okay, where am I at right now? And maybe there are aspects in your life that are not working. doesn't have to be your whole life that needs to be reset. Maybe there's just an aspect in your life that you want to have a reset with. And so these questions that you came up with, I find very helpful to gain deeper understanding of what holds you back. So just talk about these questions a little bit. Sure. The quest, the 12 questions come from three perspectives. One is my relationship to the world. Two is my perception of the world toward me. And the third one is my view of myself. So then on each one of these sections, I created four questions, which is the distinction of what we talked about. Um, how do I think about the world or the person or even object? How do I think about money or wealth or sex or any, you know, any object because I'm in relationship with it or people, friends, close friends, or, um, you know, parents, child, and all of that. And then how do I feel about all of it and the distinctions between those? How do I behave on a normal level every day toward the, uh, you know, the world outside of me? And how does the way I think and feel and behave impact my world and other people's world? So this is the mm -hmm. first one, which is comes from me to the world. Then the second set of question is my perception of how other, other people think of me um, how do other people feel about me? And these are all assumptions. And how do I observe the way that they behave toward me? And how do, how do I make up stories about the observation of how do they behave toward me? And what is the impact of the way that I consistently live in my assumptions? And do I actually do reality check these assumptions? Why do I just live through them? And how does it impact my life and their life who are around me, which, you know, based on my assumptions? And then the third one is me to me. How do I think about myself? How do I feel about myself? How do I, what do I do to myself? Like, do I nurture myself? Do I scold myself? Do I punish myself? And what is the impact of the way that I think, feel, and behave toward myself in mm. my life and everybody else? Because like, if I'm depressed, it not only affects my life, but it, you know, it's contagious. It affects everybody else's life. So in that realm with these 12 questions, uh, my 
wish is for a person to look at the positive and the negative. And all of these questions say, please state all the positive and negative. Look at all aspects of this so that you get a bigger uh, vision of who you really are. And then in these path of 12 questions, we find a lot of our own dualities. Because we say, oh, I think this, but I behave differently. Or I've been uh, thinking this way about other people, but I do different things to them. Um, so the, the duality shows up in our relationships. And then I ask, can you please do this exercises in relation to everything and everyone who's around you So and the categories of relationships that are around you so that you become more aware? At, when you see the 12th question at the bottom, it says, how do you think about yourself? And the negative ones that are there, if there are negative core beliefs, core meaning the ones that got really created very early on and you can't dismantle them and they kind of show up everywhere, then there's a procedure that goes through your body, your thought and your emotion to the original memory of somehow that you created this. And then there's this reintegration with the child inside of you that at that time um, created this, which got traumatized um, and created this belief about herself, himself, or the world. And then to heal that and reintegrate it into the system who we are as an adult. And remember that we survived it. I have the skills now. I have the strengths. I have the resiliency. And, um, and you know, all of the... Uh, all of the positive um, impacts that I've had so far to be here. So then from here of awareness uh, and integration, then I set out to create a new world, a new life for myself. Then I can go through all of these, you know, 25 realms of life, uh, relationship with people, acquaintances, friends, family, sisters, brothers, siblings, everyone. Uh, God, death, uh, spirituality, nature, all of it. Um, and look at what do I want to create? How do mm -hmm. I envision this relationship? How do I want to think? What does it require? What type of thought process does it require for me to create this type of relationship? What type of emotions shall I have? Can I create and consistently um, entice and, and uh, generate so that I can have a beautiful relationship with my husband or my mate? Um, what type of behaviors does it take for me to have healthy, healthy relationships. And these behaviors are important because if I behave any other way, I'm going to kill the relationship in a way and keep monitoring it with the impact and the result I create. And if I'm creating the result that I want, awesome. Trial and error, it's working. It's really working. If it's coming an error and I'm not creating that result, then I go back and look at these factors and see which one just wasn't the right one and I need to shift it a bit in order to create the result again. Well, it's a wonderful theory, but tell us a story about someone who actually used this process. And I'm sure you have many of those. But uh... <laughs> Yes, yes, I have. Um, I've uh, done a lot, obviously, on myself and the therapy. We've done a lot of research. One research we did with um, some of the uh, therapists, 
clients in the uh, clinic that we had, and it showed that it minimized their, in therapy setting, it minimized their depression 76% and anxiety 68% and brought up their self-esteem 43%. Then last year, we did this study with 120 students in Cal State Long Beach. And this was not therapy, it was self-help exactly because the book was coming out. We wanted to know what the effects would be if it's not a therapeutic setting. And uh, for 120 students, four classes, uh, freshmen and sophomores, which you know, they have the highest level of depression and suicide around the United States and sometimes in the world. We found that on a self-help module, uh, we minimized depression 68% and anxiety 43%, which was astonishing result. Uh, mm. We have one daycare. We decided to do this also as a um, as an as a model of education and as a proactive model uh, versus a reactive model, which we grow up and we pick up all of the stuff and then we go back and look at it. But to to do it as a proactive model where children can actually learn these observational skills immediately as part of who they are. So mm. we've done, um, for about a year right now, we've done it with a preschool, uh, which they also have twin studies and others. So we're going to present that. And so far, it's been amazing. These kids are showing higher IQ and higher compassion with each other. And uh, in two weeks, I'm starting a pilot study as with a charter school in the South Central Los Angeles with 120 students from age three, uh, I'm sorry, from age, yeah, three to 12. Um, and we're going to start our pilot study with me teaching their teachers and counselors. Uh, we're also start, starting um, uh, with a rehab, outpatient rehab program for drug and alcohol to uh, do this study with that group and look at um, the results that will come up. Because again, that's a group that has a lot of depression and anxiety and low self-esteem. And do you notice, I mean, this are fantastic results. Do you also follow up on how long lasting these results are? Uh, many of the therapies that we did at the beginning, which we did our first uh, group about four years ago, uh, we've done uh, work back with them. I also have them all actually on video where one of the clients showed up and came back and said, you know, it's four years ago and everything that we did from there, um, it's, it's stuck, never came back. The core beliefs never came back. The memories never showed up again and that she was being successful. And then from there, uh, she was coming back to therapy because she wanted uh, more skills in mm. areas that she's never had to face before. So the longitudinal ones of the studies of the um, therapy has been working. With the, other, with the students in the university, we didn't do longitudinal studies. But what we're going to do with, is with the um, small, younger students that we have, we have the option because we have kind of a captive audience for many years to be able to do those longitudinal studies. And what wonderful skills to have early on in your life where you yes. just also learn to have responsibility, take responsibility of your thoughts, feelings, behaviors, and how you impact the world. I mean, this is certainly something that they should teach in school early on. So I'm glad that you are there, a pathfinder and uh, an agent of change. And hopefully this is going to catch on and will reach thousands and millions of people and especially our 
younger generation. So thank you so much for your work. And I know you have to go to your own radio show, so I don't want to keep you too much longer. But uh, again, uh, please, your website and uh, also maybe a personal message to anyone who really feels like, I cannot change. And <laughs> what would you tell them? Um, what I would really love people to know is we deserve, we certainly deserve to have happy lives. And there are things that around the world and about our bodies and things that happen that are not in our hand. We can't do much with. And there are many, many, many things that we can do something. And it's the distinction of what is it that I need to accept um, to that I can't do much with. But the things that I can do, it's my responsibility, my accountability. But for sure... What I can do is to be healthy and it's my responsibility to be healthy in my thought, in my emotions, in the way that I behave toward myself and the world and the results that I create. So that is, is our privilege to do. And we, we can be happy. We are responsible to keep ourselves happy and the rest of you know, everybody around us. And with, whether we do something or we don't, we're still responsible for whatever it is from our part to create. And um, I just wish that everybody gains the tool to be able to do that and desires really to be happy. And I hope that awareness integration model and the, can give you easily the tools to be able to do that. So thank you for the opportunity, Friedman, to, to have me on to, for your audience. And I hope that someday I have you on my show and talk oh, about your yeah. book. And I love to have, to have that. And, um, and people can find me on fujan.com, F as in Frank, O-O-J-A-N.com. Thank you so much. This was wonderful. And all the best to you and to your work. Thank and you. have a fun show yourself. Thank and you so much. We'll talk about more about resetting your life and some of those aspects we just addressed. So stay tuned. Thank you. Best-selling author, spiritual life, and business coach Joe Nunziata brings his higher energy and no-nonsense style to people who are ready to make powerful changes now. Wake up, step up, power up with a shot of Joe. Join Joe the second and fourth Wednesdays at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern for 30 minutes of high energy, no-nonsense, and powerful tools to make powerful changes. Visit joenuns.com. That's J-O-E-N-U-N-Z.com. Tune in to Synergenetic Living Radio, where Rick and Grace Paris discuss the synergenetic way of life, what it means to truly change your perspective in life, what it means to take control of your life and manifest your true desires. For more information on Rick and Grace Paris and Synergenetic Living, check out SynergeneticLiving.com. Get clear on the life you desire and the current life you are creating and what is between the two. Synergenetic Living, living life loud. The Truth is Funny, Shift Happens with Colette Marie Steffen is excited to welcome Karen Benton as a monthly guest host. Tune in on the third Wednesday of each month at 8 a.m. Pacific time to regain confidence and trust in your capacity to create change in your life, your health, your family, and your well-being. Karen Benton is a mother, nurse practitioner, certified body talk practitioner, Franklin Method instructor, and owner of Limitless Living, LLC. For more information about Karen, visit karenbenton.com. How would you like increased health and vitality? How would you like to avoid the onset of disease as well as slow the aging process? 
This is all possible through a simple, safe, and natural process. Every day we are either moving toward wellness or away from wellness. Hi, I'm Mary Jane Mack. I'd like to be your partner in achieving optimal health. Contact me now at MaryJaneMack.com or call 425-392-0659. Visit MaryJaneMack.com. Did you know that all of the shows on the Transformation Radio Network are available as podcasts to stream or download? Really? Check us out. Go to TransformationRadio.fm. We have business shows, spiritual shows, energy healing shows, and pretty much everything in between. Something for everyone guaranteed to inspire, educate, and transform. We are transforming the world one listener at a time. Tune in to the Psychic Professors Show, The Voices of Spirit Radio, with international medium and spirit artist Dr. Susan Barnes on Transformation Talk Radio. Featuring a variety of spiritual topics such as psychic art, spiritualism, EVP, psychic development, and mediumship. This hit call-in show provides listeners with breakthrough wisdom to enliven and enlighten their lives. Visit spiritartgallery.net. Tune in each Friday, 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on Transformation Talk Radio. Welcome back to Empowerment Radio. Well, are you excited about resetting your life? Did you get a sense there is actually a way, maybe not the button, but certainly a process? And that's something that Dr. Fujian talked about. That is something I can also help you with. And if you want to find out more about my work that is focusing on the subconscious mind, on the beliefs that hold us back, on the emotional baggage and the self-sabotaging patterns and how to change those so that you can reset and redirect your life into that what really you desire. Just contact me at thefearandanxietysolution.com, info at thefearandanxietysolution.com, or you can just go also to the website and fill out the contact form there. Now, resetting life, for some people, it just feels like too late. They feel like, well, I'm over 60. I look backwards. Everything didn't work out. I didn't have really what I wanted. I didn't have the courage to go for it. I didn't really have the success that I should have. And you're down on yourself. And then you have to ask yourself, is that really something that then warrants for you to live another 20 years in that mindset? Or is that even a bigger reason to say now, even if I had all those things, like, you know, Dr. Fujian talked about, she had it all and nothing made her happy. Even if you had reached all those goals that you thought you should have reached, are you sure that you would have been really happy? Are these external accomplishments really that what defines a positive or fulfilling life? Or is there something inside that would have always somehow clouded your mind and kept your heart maybe guarded and made you feel like, well, it's not enough, or I cannot really let it get close to me because the fear of losing it all again and the shoes dropping left and right is too big to really make things matter. In other words, is it possible that it's not too late for you not to strive necessarily for these 
goals that you feel like it's too late to reach them, but for the one goal that really matters, which is for you to have peace with yourself, to enjoy just what is. And from that enjoying what is and enjoying yourself, making your life gradually better, just adjusting it in ways that brings you more fulfillment. There are many clients I worked with that started the work in their 60s and even 70s. And they felt that there is not so much really to look forward to until they realized that once they were able to lift away the baggage of the past and change those limiting beliefs and find themselves every day counted more than the a whole year before because they were present. I just talked to a client of mine who was struggling with anxiety for years and and now she is able to say to her partner, I love you more than ever. And she's married since 28 years, but she wasn't able to feel that love before. So it is not too late. It is not too late to connect to yourself. It is not too late to find yourself. And it is certainly also not too late to heal that, what may have been really keeping you trapped in the past for a long time. And there are ways to do this. And just like Dr. Fujian talked about, it's not just in your head. It's not just through behavior or changing your thinking. It's more the integrative approach, the approach of including body, mind, and spirit that makes those changes possible. So don't stop growing. Don't stop looking for the happiness that your birthright is all about and don't stop working on yourself, not as hard labor and, oh my God, I need to work because I'm broken. No, but as something like a treasure hunt, treasure hunt about discovering more of who you are, discovering more of what is possible for you to experience and enjoy in life, and also discovering more what impact you can have. Until next time. I'm your host, Dr. Friedman Schaub. I'll see you soon again on Empowerment Radio. Goodbye. You've been listening to Empowerment Radio with Dr. Friedman Schaub. Join Dr. Friedman the first and third Wednesday each month at 11 a.m. Pacific as he addresses some of the most prevailing challenges of our daily lives. Discover how you can use the power of your mind to overcome stress, anxiety, and overwhelm and create a solid foundation of confidence and self-esteem. Learn cutting-edge tools so that you can approach every day with great ease, joy, and purpose. To learn more about what Dr. Schaub can do for you, visit the fearandanxietysolution.com.